Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I am your host today for a topic that I feel, honestly, pretty perfect to talk about because it's something that I've gone through. It's something that I do now, and it's one of the hottest topics in our country right now, and that is homeschooling. Now, the reason that it's such a hot topic now is because with COVID-19 and the pandemic and the post-pandemic society that we live in, a lot of different school districts are requiring mask mandates and people are either yes or no for that. They're requiring vaccines in certain places. People are yes or no for that. We are not here to talk about all of that. But what we are here to talk about is, are you ready to pull the trigger to homeschool. And I know that this is the most sought after answer that I've been asked lately. People are asking me questions about homeschooling constantly for the last year. And I believe that last year, last school year, a lot of people tried to do the blended learning. You know, their kids were not in person every day. They did in person one day, they did online the next. And back and forth and i believe that most people thought we would be in person fully for public school this year but now with this new delta variant everything that's coming out and the new mandates there are a lot of school districts that are changing up what they're going to do for the year and it's causing parents to ask themselves it should i just homeschool instead of having my kids go one day in person one day online in person online honestly in my opinion that is the worst case scenario and here's why i say that if you are going to commit to homeschooling you really free up a lot of your time and your schedule because you can travel whenever you want you can do what you want and you fit your homeschooling into your schedule right the other side of that is if you send your kids to regular school, you've got a schedule. They go every day. So you free up all day from nine to three while they're gone. This blended schedule is the worst because on Mondays and Wednesdays, they're at school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You've got to be at home for them to get on these Zooms and be online. So I feel like you either need to send your kids all day and have the benefits of having your kids into a regular school or you homeschool them and you have the benefits of being homeschooled. There's no right answer for everyone, but I do believe that the blended solution is really difficult for parents and especially in our society today. So let's talk about some of the things that I discuss with people when they're looking and saying, Ashley, I just don't know. Is it time? Should I be homeschooling? Is this something that we should be looking into? So let's talk about it. Here's the things. The first question I ask is, what scares you the most about homeschooling? And usually the answer is, I don't want to mess up my kids. And that was exactly my response. That's exactly what scared me about bringing our kids home because we uh, were military family like most of you listening uh, my daughter had gone to six schools in six years 
So it wasn't the transition from school to homeschool because she's never gone to, at that point, she's never gone to a school twice in her life. It was more, these teachers got degrees and they know what they're doing. And I have a degree, but it is definitely not in education. So am I going to mess them up? Am I going to be able to prepare my children for post high school life? Whether that's they want to go to a trade school, whether they want to go to college, whether they want to start their own business and jump right into a career. Am I going to be able to prepare them best for that? And that was the thing that I was most worried about. Let me ease your fears. You are... <sighs> designed and perfectly equipped to help your children with anything that they ever need because you know your child best. It's like taking your kiddo to the doctor and you know that something's wrong and the doctors and nurses are telling you there's nothing wrong and you know in your gut that there is. It's the same thing when it comes to their education. You know them best. You're going to be one-on-one -on -one with them or one-on-two or one-on-three or one-on-five, however many kids you have, but you know them best. And you're going to be able to flex your teaching and their learning to their abilities and yours. So take that off the table because there are so many resources for homeschool families these days that you really can't mess this up, right? But here's the thing. It is a huge step. And the reason that it's a huge step is because it's totally different than dropping your kids off from nine to three. They are with you all day every day and now you are parent and you are teacher so even though it's a huge step i believe the biggest thing you have to do is do your prep work in advance and you have to figure out what it is that's going to fit your family the best and by fit your family i mean that there are several different ways to homeschool you can exclusively do your schooling at home to where you are the only teacher and you are making your own lessons then you can exclusively homeschool and use lessons from somewhere else like sunlight or the good and the beautiful you can go online and pull curriculum down you can take curriculum from a becca and sunlight and all the other places and put it together and mesh it you could even build your own curriculum if you really want to do that those were things i never wanted to do folks i wanted to do i wanted it to be as streamlined and as put together and as organized as possible so there's your one option you can exclusively school at home Number two, you can bring them out of public school and just do online school at home. You can do that through the state, you can do that through private schools, or you can do that through private academies. There are lots of options and even free options from K to 12th grade if you just want to take them out of the public school you know, environment, bring them home. They can be taught everything online. So that's number two. And then number three, you could join a co-op, which is what we do now. So I've done two of the three. We have exclusively schooled at home to where I was their only teacher. I did not make everything up, folks. I got the curriculum and I taught it to them. And now we do a co-op. And the reason that I believe that it fits us best is the next thing that I want to talk to you about. And that's really your personality style as a parent as a teacher and the personality style of your students. So there are some students that really thrive being at home all day with their parents and they don't really miss the social aspect of things. But one of the main concerns with people when they're bringing their children home to homeschool is how will they be able to 
socialize? Will they be normal? Are they going to be weird homeschoolers? I think it's so funny when people ask that because my kids hang out with their friends more now than they did in school. Um, because we have so much time and so much flexibility, we get to travel the world because we can school from anywhere. So do understand that the, the, the misnomer and the old wives tale and maybe what homeschool used to look like it's not that way anymore but the co-op that we go to is two days a week they go on tuesday and they go on thursday and it's built just like college they have different tutors instructors teachers on tuesdays and thursdays they choose their classes they meet with the instructor they're taught and then they're giving their schoolwork for a week to bring back the next week so they have different classes on tuesdays different classes on thursdays there is so much good to a co-op system because one, you don't have to be the only teacher. Your kids do get to socialize. Your kids do get used to a classroom environment. But the best thing that I, I mean, the thing that I like most is the fact that it really preps them for post high school life because they have to be very organized. They have to be on top of their studies. They have to be on top of their homework. Otherwise, they're going to fall behind. And there's not a teacher there every day making sure that they're doing that. So in the beginning of a co-op situation like ours, you as a parent are going to have to be a little bit more involved until they get used to being the person that is responsible for that, until they get used to really managing their time well. So those are your options, exclusively at home, however you want to pull in your curriculum, online or co-op. There are certain co-ops like Classical Conversations that I know are wonderful. It's wonderful curriculum, wonderful people, and it really spreads the load around to your community because you're not having to teach every day and neither are they. It really is a co-op where you come together. All right, so here are the things that I want you to take into consideration when you're considering homeschool. Personality. The, it's not... Am I too hot-headed for this? It's not, do I have enough patience for this? It's more, do your kids enjoy sitting down and reading exclusively? Or are they more, I need to get up and walk around and read? Are they some who really enjoy listening to audiobooks, but sitting down and reading their legs are just jumping all over the place? Are you a teacher that's going to need to teach in different places? Or are you someone that really needs it to be organized? Hey, Mill Housing Nation listeners. I'm Lindsay Litton, co-founder of the Mill Housing Network. Today, I'm briefly interrupting this episode to bring you credit monitoring and credit tips with IDIQ. IDIQ is an on a mission to educate and help military families protect their identity and monitor their credit. Today, I'm joined by Darren Rhoda with IDIQ, and he's going to be giving us three ways that we can protect ourselves from identity theft. Darren, welcome. We're excited to chat with you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, when it comes to monitoring your credit and your identity, what should a person know if their identity is stolen? Well, you know, first of all, e-commerce has really changed a lot about how we shop and and where our personal information goes. And the COVID pandemic really, it, it took it to another level where, where folks have just changed the way they do business, buying and selling, and retailers have done the same. So um, a lot of personal information over the past 12 to 18 months is out there that maybe wasn't in the past or to this volume. So uh, we're seeing a, an increase in uh, the theft of identities, 
bank account takeovers, social security being stolen and opening up new accounts in, uh, in your name and so forth. So uh, the best thing to do is really, you gotta pay attention. You gotta educate yourself. You wanna pay attention to what's happening with your credit. You wanna pay attention to your bank accounts. And we have a few tools that can help your folks do that. Awesome. So if something does happen and, and damage has occurred to your credit, what can they do? Um, you know, how can they repair that damage um, after a theft has happened? Sure, absolutely. And we've got a lot of experience with this. Um, the staff that handles the uh, remediation process has years of experience in the direct-to-consumer credit space, understands this world very well. So after a police report is filed, you call us up with the case number and we get to work and we basically usher you through the entire process. We contact the credit bureaus themselves to uh, turn over any, any false accounts that might've turned up, any lates that aren't uh, really attributed to the consumer's account. We also have a um, million dollars in the coverage that's sponsored by AIG. So if there's financial damages as well, uh, if you have to take time off work to help, you know, to go to court, to repair things, if you need daycare assistance, all those monies goes towards that in, in the uh, rectification and remediation to get you back where you were before the, the damage occurred. Wow, that's huge, Darren. Yeah. So obviously as military families, we're constantly on the move, we're in and out of different countries. So identity theft happens, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so what is the first step if somebody wanted to learn more about how to protect their identity that they can take um, just to kind of learn more about the services that you just talked about? Yeah, I think it's, I think what I would suggest first and foremost, before, you know, they dive into anything full bores, I would go to our website. Um, I would, I would Google ID theft in, in the military. I think just understanding how it happens, how devious and how creative these people are, will give them an understanding about where these thefts occur and how they're doing it. And then go to our website and you can take a look at all the different coverages on everything we look at in real time to help protect you and notify you in the event there's something that's just not right or something that changes to your profile. It might be something you did, but it might be something someone else did. Um, but I would, I think education is first and foremost. And if they go to idiq.com, there's a wealth of information there. We've got blog posts, we've got so much educational material. They don't even have to go sign up if they're not comfortable yet, but go educate, get educated on all that uh, we have to offer on the site. Awesome. Well, as a special gift, we've got a special discount for all of our Mill Housing Nation listeners. So if you're listening to this, you want to learn more about IDIQ, take a look at our show notes because we have a very special link where you can get special incentive, incentives and pricing for some of the services that Darren just talked about. Darren, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I bring you back to Mill Housing Nation. Thanks, Lindsay in a manner that you need to set up a schoolroom and you all need to go to the schoolroom and sit there and be in a classroom environment in order for you to focus, in order for them to pay attention. So think about your personality type when you're choosing the type of homeschool. The next thing is the patience that I just referred to. It's very misleading because I don't know that I've got the most patience, if you will, but I will tell you that the more organized I am and the more organized our day is, the less patience is needed because they are going to follow your lead and my kids follow my lead. And when I am flying by the seat of my pants, so are they. And when I'm organized, so are they. So I think that would be the biggest thing. It's not so much do you have the patience. It's are you going to put in 
the front-loaded work to make certain that you all can succeed because it does require prep work. Some of the curriculums that you can choose require less prep work than others. If you're going to put your curriculum together, that is going to take significant work at the beginning of the year to do that. If you are going to use a curriculum, like we use sunlight for years, if you're going to use the sunlight curriculum, it really is a matter of ordering it, getting it organized into the binders for the kids, figuring out what your system is. And what I mean by system is you don't do every subject every day in homeschool. You're going to do a little math every day. You're going to read every day, but you don't do science every day. You don't do history every day. So you just get organized, figure out what the schedule is, and then you communicate that well to your kids. The age of your kids is also very important because I've got teenagers now, so communicating to them is very important for good attitudes. When your kids are younger, it really is just a matter of communicating the very simple rules that you will put into place when you're homeschooling. You must have firm guidelines when it comes to the little ones because the line between parent and teacher goes away and they treat you like mom or dad. They don't treat you like the teachers that they have at school. You know, I always said my kids are perfect out of the house and that's the way I want it. But man, if they're going to give me back trouble, it's going to be me within our four walls. That's the way I want it until we started homeschooling. And then I was like, oh my goodness, now we are in the house. I am the one teaching them and I'm not getting the respect that I did or that, that their teachers did. So we had to make sure that we drew those clear lines and that we had the firm guidelines and the kids knew what to expect. If you will stick with the firm guidelines and stay organized and stay on top of it, you'll have way less of the kids pulling you off track or sidetracking you on purpose, depending on their age. All right, the next thing is, time. A day in the life of a homeschooler is seriously condensed schoolwork-wise compared to what they do at school. If they go to school every day and they're going to go to school for eight hours, that teacher is having to teach 20, 25, 30 kids. That is a lot of work for the teacher, the instructor, and she's spread very thin. It takes more time for her to teach everyone effectively. If you are exclusively teaching your children, the time is going to be very condensed. You can generally be done with school, depending on the age, in like three hours. I think, I, I don't know that we ever had a day where I could not get it done in three hours a day. When they're younger, it takes even less time. And when they're younger, you can also spread it out so that they're... Uh, their concentration and so their attention span can be put throughout the day. You can do a little bit in the morning, a little at lunch, and a little bit in the afternoon. That's highly what I would suggest for sure. But you just want to make sure that you're prepped and ready for the day so that you can condense a school hour or a school day into just a few hours. You can do it in the morning if your kids are morning people. You can do it in the afternoon. And I even know some households that do it in the evening because that's what fits their schedule best. What we used to do is we would plan out our week at the beginning of the week. And if we had doctor's appointments on some mornings, those were the days that we would move school to the afternoons. If we didn't have anything in the afternoons, we would start first thing in the morning. Now, I have kids in multiple grades. So what would happen is my son would wake up early in the morning. He would get started on his school first thing because he wanted to be done so he could play PlayStation, so that he could go outside and build a fort, 
so that he could ride his bicycle. He wanted to finish as soon as possible during the day. So we would wake up early and get started. My daughter, not a morning person, would wake up later. She would leisurely eat something. She would slouch around for a little bit. Then she would get started and she would work into the afternoon. Both kids had their schedule that fit them. And then we worked in the things that they needed me for around my schedule. So that would be something else that I would suggest. If you've got a morning person and not a morning person, forcing them to both be morning people, it is going to yield some some rub. The quills are going to be out. It's going to be sandpaper for a little while. So try to find the places where you can give and the places where you can take. Because the more give and take that you have with homeschool and the more you know your children, their personality styles, their learning styles, the easier it's going to be and the less it's going to feel like sandpaper. All right, the next thing is your parental commitments. If you work, you're going to have to figure out if you truly have a few hours every day that you can dedicate to your kids. If they are younger, it's going to take more of your attention. Now that my kids are in high school, it doesn't take that much one-on-one -on -one for me. Uh, we have the curriculum. We have the instruction. I am there almost as a backstop to make sure that if they need help with pre-calculus. I'm not great at it, but I can Google if they need help when it comes to a science project. I'm there more as a backstop. But if your children are younger, you're going to have to put in more of a time commitment. So look at your work schedule. Look at your life. Look at the things that you've already committed to within your church and your community. And just make sure that you've got the dedicated time to do it. If not, it's probably the time to start backing off some of the commitments. I read a book one time called The Best Yes. And that is a really big deal when you're a homeschooling parent because you have to use your best yes. You can't say yes to everything and homeschool your kids. There's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough time for you to do the things that you need to do. And homeschooling is a full family commitment. What I mean by that is your kids need to understand that you have so many other things to do, that they are a priority, but dinner still has to be cooked. Maybe if you are the mom and your husband works full time, maybe you understand that he's going to help out with the laundry. You're going to do the, you know, you're going to do dinner and you're both going to clean up after dinner with the dishes. One huge misnomer is that someone staying at home, homeschooling their kids is now just a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad. That is absolutely not the case. You have a job and it's the most important job in the world. And that's raising your family. That's educating your babies. So understanding that it's a full family commitment. And sometimes we're going to have to merge our roles. We're going to have a dad that's cooking dinner. That's what happens in our house. We're going to have a mom that always does the dishes. And we, as a family, are going to make sure the laundry is taken care of. So the full family commitment is a really big deal. And then the last thing is homeschooling isn't free. You know, when you do send your kids to public school, um, the school is free, right? But there's always fees. You're paying for their lunch. You're needing to send in $10 here and $5 there. When it comes to homeschooling, it's not free either. There is money for you to buy the curriculum. There, um, There's actually a Homeschool Legal Defense Association. It's at HSLDA. Homeschool. 
Did you hear me? I had to go through that. I had to make sure that I said HSLZA the right way. Oh, I hope that somebody can totally understand me and my brain where you have to kind of double check yourself. So there's HSLDA. You don't have to be a part of that, but I would suggest it just because with everything changing so much in our country and in our society, you want to make sure that you and your children and their education is protected. And I think it's like $50 a year. I don't think it's a whole lot at all. But there are fees with their curriculum. There are fees with things that you order. There are fees um, to join a co-op. There are tutoring fees. If you, like me, cannot teach pre-calculus and calculus, you're going to need to have some money to hire a tutor to do that. So even though it's not free, it is totally doable and it's totally affordable. I just don't want anyone heading into it thinking, okay, I'm going to bring them home. It's going to be totally free and I don't need to start putting money to the side to take care of things. I would definitely suggest that throughout the year, you just tuck some money away in a savings account so that the beginning of every year, maybe you're not buying new school clothes, but you are buying new school curriculum and you are paying for those much needed tutors and instructors to make sure that your kids have the very best. And then last but not least, make sure that if your kids have a passion, whether it's rowing or lacrosse or football or gymnastics or art or pottery or whatever it may be, that you find ways to help them continue that. There are so many people homeschooling across the country. There are endless possibilities for your kids to stay connected with things that make them feel like themselves, that get them around their friends, that help them feel wonderful about their life that get them out of the house that get them away from you for a little while but also foster the things that they care most about there are endless resources so make sure that you go on facebook and you join the local homeschooling groups in your locality in your neighborhood that you go online and you google free homeschool resources that you go online and you make certain that you're connected in the ways that can help your family the most. Because homeschooling is such a blessing. It has been such a blessing for our family. Our number one reason for doing it, that we pulled them out in junior high, was to be the loudest voice in our kids' heads during junior high. You know, you're in junior high, you don't really know who you are, but what people tell you matters a lot. And I just remembered being in junior high and people telling me that I was one thing, and me believing them. And I wanted to be the loudest voices in our in my kid's head. That was my husband's goal as well. We wanted to be the closest family possible and the loudest voices in their heads. We wanted to make sure that they weren't materialistic, that they weren't getting more selfish by the day, which is, yeah, that happens. And that when someone asked them who they were, they knew. When someone says, so tell me about your family. They said, oh my goodness, my family is so close. Those are the blessings that are yielded from a homeschooling situation. And I think those blessings are available to anyone that's willing to put in the prep work, put in the organization, and find the part of homeschooling and the pieces of homeschooling that fit them most. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. If you have any questions or anything that I can answer for you, if I can help guide you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at the Mill Housing Network and Mill Housing Nation. My name is Ashley, and I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. Make sure that you subscribe. We will be back with another podcast very soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.